If you're looking for a podcast to give you all the best things that you can purchase at the lowest prices at Amazon.com. Oh my gosh, is there such a podcast like there that? There is, well, there may be. There should be. But it ain't ours. No, it's not us. That's true. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. If my counting is correct, this is our 131st episode. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is a uh, podcast where a longtime married couple sits down, takes turns each week selecting a movie, TV show, documentary to watch. And then we watch it together. Then we sit down and talk about it and share that conversation with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can contact us via email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voice message simply by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is the one spot in my life that I can always depend on to give be you there, grief. To be there. To be <laughs> like, there. Like a stain on a shirt. Kinda. But in a <laughs> but in a nice way. My other half. Oh, yeah. And this week, I am Maud, the number one rogue broad. Oh, my goodness. Because well, you know. I do. Uh, that is in reference to the movie that I selected for this week. It is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It was the first of um, a, a group of spinoff movies from the Star Wars universe. Uh, that didn't necessarily involve any of the Skywalkers or uh, folks like that. Uh, well, I guess that's not entirely true because at least one Skywalker shows up in this movie. But anyway, uh, uh, Rogue One is uh, the story that occurs just before the events of Star Wars A New Hope Episode Four. Uh, here, that was the first 1977 one, right? Yes, that okay. was the first one released chronologically. Yes. Uh, we see how a ragtag group of rebels um, overcame their differences and their various opinions, and they uh, came together to steal the plans for the Death Star. Um, now... It also tells the story of Jen Erso, who in the film is played by Felicity Jones. Uh, she is the daughter of Galen Erso, who is played by Mads Mikkelsen. He is the chief engineer of the weapon on the Death Star, but he didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore, and the uh, work had sort of hit a snag and they weren't making any progress so he left but uh, the Empire came and found him uh, his commanding officer was a guy named Orson Krennic played by Ben Mendelsohn oh he was a tool yes um, and he forces uh, Galen to return to working on the Death Star um, and during their interaction, he, uh, Krennic's men, kill um, uh, Galen's wife and Jen's mother. Uh, she's just a little girl at the time. And she goes hiding, um, as she had been trained to do by her father. And he, uh, she is found um, by... Um, a rebel leader named Saw Guerrera, played by Forrest Whitaker. Um, he is a friend of Galen's and once again involved with the rebellion against the Empire. Uh, but the Empire, uh, the rebels, and uh, Saw Guerrera have a falling out based on his tactics. Um, they prefer to be a bit more subtle. And he prefers to blow a bunch of stuff up and kill a bunch of people. Um, 
the uh, rebels come into knowledge of a um, a pilot, a, a uh, supply pilot, who uh, for the Empire that has decided to defect. His name is Bodhi Rook, and he is played by Riz Ahmed. He has a message from Galen to the Resistance and to his daughter uh, Jen, whom he has not seen uh, for 15 years. The message convinces Jen to uh, work with the Resistance to try to stop the Empire's um, giant death machine. Um, and a, a group of uh, rebels led by uh, Cassian Endor, played by Diego Luna, um, decide to attack the facility where the plans for the uh, Death Star are kept, and um, that is where they will find the fault that uh, Galen has, a, has intentionally built into the Death Star to make it uh, possible to destroy it. Um, this was the first of what, again, was supposed to be a series of spin-off movies for the um, Star Wars universe. Um, the second was uh, Solo, about the uh, beginnings of how Han Solo became Han Solo, became Han Solo. Mm -hmm. how he got the Millennium Falcon, how he met Chewbacca, and so on and so forth, and what the what the Kessel Run was all about. That movie had a very troubled production. Uh, they changed directors late uh, into the making of the film. They brought in Ron Howard to take over uh, the making of that film. And that film, even without the problems in making it, would have been a tough sell because you're trying to replace the iconic Harrison Ford portrayal of Han Solo yeah. with Alden Ehrenreich, um, who was perfectly fine in that part, but the movie was a bomb. Um, it just did not click with people, and uh, that sort of put the kibosh on um, any further... Uh, Star Wars story movies. But the first one that was released was Rogue One, which also had some trouble in production. Um, they had a cut of the movie put together and they showed it to test audiences and people were just like, they, they didn't like Jen as a character because apparently she stays pretty surly through the whole film. Mm. Um, there was a scene in the first trailer that I saw where, you know, she's sitting around the table with the uh, rebel leaders at mm -hmm. Yavin, and um, the uh, there's a line in the trailer where she says, this is a rebellion. I rebel. And it was like she was sort of a brat. Yeah. And that line is not in the finished film. I was thinking, I, didn't, I don't remember that. I would have remembered that. Right. Um, so there were rewrites, and um, the original director wasn't available to do the reshoots. So they brought in, um, they had another uh, person direct the reshoots who got credit on the, uh, the film as one of the writers because he also helped with the rewrites. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we got the film we got. Now, some people who probably have a much better eye than I do for such things say, well, that is obviously a reshoot, and that is from the original version. I don't know how you can tell the difference, to be quite honest, because I never could. Uh, they must be... Either they have no life at all, or they are so familiar with the differences in the two directors' approaches that maybe that is where they find the seams being sewn together. Either I don't that, know. Or they're just taking a wild guess. Now, or they're being pretentious. The final scene that we see with um, the lightsaber fight down that hallway at the end. Um, 
that was definitely something that was added on because they felt like they needed more Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you know, it's been out for several years, so um, there's a scene at the end where Darth Vader is trying to get back the plans for the Death Star, and he just mows down all these um, rebels with his lightsaber and his force powers, and he's throwing them around and choking them and, and, uh, and slicing them with his uh, lightsaber, but he doesn't quite make it. And the ship that drops out is released and, and flies away is the ship that we see at the beginning of A New Hope. Okay. The one that is being attacked by the Star Destroyer. Um, there are a lot of nods to Star Wars A New Hope in this film. Um, for instance, um, there's... Um, the opening is sort of the reverse of that film where um or it's very similar anyway where you see a planet in the distance and then a death a star destroyer flies mm -hmm. over the top of you um and then there's um when um uh, jen and cassian are walking through the village at, at jetta they bump into the guy who turns around and threatens them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, it's not the same actor, but it's the same character yeah. that um, uh, Luke bumps into at the, at the cantina in Star Wars, who threatens him, I've got the death um, penalty on, in Seven Systems or something yeah. like that. And his little walrus friend is, there is next to him. So those were brought in and of course we get a cameo from c-3po and r2d2 mm -hmm. late in the film little easter eggs little easter eggs all the way through the film cgi peter cushing yes uh peter cushing who died uh in i think 94 i believe i read um he was recreated using cgi yeah uh, that deep fake stuff has its moments Yes, um, the voice wasn't terribly good. No, it wasn't right. It, but the face was. I mean, the vo the voice was the actor who was doing the motion capture. Yeah. Um, but uh, his CGI is, I think, better than what they do at the end with Leia, where they have a CGI Leia. I mean, it's an actress, but she's wearing dots and stuff on her yeah. face, and they put Leia's, a young Leia's face over hers. Yeah. I don't know if that actress had a rounder face, but this Leia looked like maybe she had had her wisdom teeth removed on both sides. <laughs> she was a little puffy on the side. Well, and that part of that may have been by design to make her look younger. Yeah, well, that's not what... if. If you were to watch the end of Rogue One and the beginning of A New Hope, yeah, the difference between the Leia's would be painfully obvious. I'm going to take your word for it. Well, and, and, and... I was not a teenage boy in 1977, and I have not memorized Princess Leia's face or body. Well, I never found Carrie Fisher that attractive, even in even the metallic in the bikini. bikini. Okay. Um, but I am a, I'm not a hardcore Star Wars nerd. I can't name every, uh, bounty hunter that was shown in The Empire Strikes Back when Boba Fett goes off to look for Han Solo at Cloud City. There are people who can do that. Um, but, you know, there's things that I remember clearly enough yeah about the original film that uh when you compare what they tried to do as far as cgi for a young leia to what she really looked like there was there's a significant difference yeah but uh it was a nice effort and again all of this is just sort of homage <clears throat> yes homage to uh the original film making sure that Everybody who paid a, 
paid the price for a ticket or a rental or whatever uh, had that you know shot of nostalgia nostalgia as they're watching the film to you know be reminded where this came from and why the audience loves it so much yeah so um yeah it it uh it does do a fair amount of fan service uh not always great but um it also for me stands alone as a film that's within star wars canon um and you know there were always questions about how did they get the, or at least for me, as a, somebody who's watched the movie several times, how did they get the plans for the Death Star? And, um, and this movie answers all of those questions. Just like Solo answers the questions about the Kessel Run in 12 parsec, in less than 12 parsecs. Uh, everybody thought, that the writers didn't know that a parsec was a measurement of distance, not time. Of time, yeah. And maybe at the time they didn't, but they were able to retcon that into something that makes sense into when they made Solo. Which was a bomb. Which was a bomb. That's but too bad. still an enjoyable film. It's not, you know, I don't think it's as good as Rogue One, but um, it's, it's still... A serviceable film. It probably stands above um, the last Skywalker. I think is what the the uh, final of the trilo uh, trilogy sequels sequel trilogy is called um, Episode Nine. But it, um, yeah, th that that film could have used some work. Uh, and maybe a different director. Ron Howard is a fine director, but I'm not sure he's a Star Wars, a Star director. Wars director. Yeah. Well, I mean, not he, everybody is good at all the things. He had a lot of special effects on on Apollo 13 and stuff like that, which, of course, all that stuff is handled by other people, not the director. But uh, I think there are directors that just are more suited <clears throat> for the uh, high concept. Um, high number of special effects films, and maybe he's not that one. But anyway, uh, tell me, what did you think of Rogue One? No? <laughs> uh, if you could just hear the eye roll. Oh. Uh, no, I, it was fine. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, like, you know, I love Felicity Jones. Uh -huh. I do. Um... Plucky little heroine. Uh -huh. um, it, it was like she's like what Joan of Arc or something. This this young warrior type, plucky mm. little determined thing, leading this army of big burly men, and um, it was fine. Well, she's kind of a reluctant, um, yeah, you know, rebel. Uh, if her father, if initially her. Th her mission to herself was saving her father yeah, uh, and bringing him to the rebel council so that he could explain how he had built in the, um, the, the uh, failed the, device, the booby trap, yeah. so to speak. Uh, that would, you know, that, that was, that was her mission. And then, you know, when that doesn't happen, she, she decides that she can best serve his memory because he gets killed uh by uh, stealing the plans so and you know that whole saving the world thing hmm. because the that was described as a planet killer well yeah it is yes it is um i am not the star wars person that you are mm -hmm. Um, I think I saw the first three movies that were like 77 and the, the two after that, four, five, and six. Well, four, five, and six is 77, yeah. 81, and 81 83, and 83. I think, yeah, like I think I saw all of those. I think you and I went to see... Um, the third one? Because in 81, we weren't... 
That's true. together yet. So we could have watched it on video or something. But if we went to the theater to see one, it, it could have only been the third one. Yeah. I went to see that movie with somebody, and I thought it was you. So maybe it came out in 82. It was like Star Wars, and then Return of the Jedi, and then Empire Strikes Back, or? No, Empire Strikes Back, then, then Return, Return of the, of the Jedi, Jedi. Which they almost called Revenge of the Jedi, but then they they went back to something where it said that Jedis don't get revenge. Revenge is not a way of the Jedi. It's not a, yeah, it's not a thing, so. Um, all of this to say <laughs> that I am not the Star Wars person right. that you are. Right. So I mean, this was it was it was just okay for me, dog. It was a little pitchy in some spots. You know what I'm saying? It was it was I. Did uh, did Alan Tudyk's uh, K2SO the robot uh, who was snarky and um, I did like him. He he was at least an agreeable character for you. Well, yeah. I mean, there was nobody that was disagreeable. There was nothing strongly remarkable about it in any way. I mean, you huh. know, the special effects and people flying around shooting stuff. You know, that was yeah, that's okay, but that's not necessarily all my jam. So um, it was it was it was fine. And Donnie Wen as the blind warrior. Him, I liked. That was very cool. Um, his his him being blind, but his spidey senses all you know be like he was kicking butt and taking names, mm -hmm. just not seeing anybody. Uh, I, him I liked very much. Then there was uh, Zhang Wen who played the, the other uh, case. His, uh, uh, Bayes Malbus. Bayes. Yeah, he had the big gun on his back, and then. Uh, Long hair, mustache. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, he was cool. Um, so you can't say that Krennic was a titmouse. He was just this overly ambitious, sycophantic mm -hmm. boob. Right. Um. So really, did not like him. Mm -hmm. Um. Peter Cushing, who I first called Christopher Lee because I always got those two dudes mixed up. They were always both in scary movies, and I... I sometimes together. Yeah, sometimes together, in which case it would be like, oh my gosh, which one's which? But anyway, um, the Peter Cushing face, I was like, okay, he's dead, but that is his face. How did they... Did they find somebody who looked like him? And you're like, no, that's CGI. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Um, I think... I think it would have worked better if they just found somebody who looked similar, sort of like similar head shape, similar bone structure. Yeah. Um. Eh. Eh. I don't know. It yeah. was. It was fine. Sorry. You are very <laughs> meh about this particular movie. It was. It was. It was just high for me, dog. Yeah, I could feel that radiating from you what last night when we were watching or yes, just now yes the void of of disinterest as 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 the film went on i could just i could feel that you were could you feel me yawning and nodding on the couch um no but i, I could tell i that... got legit sleepy okay <laughs> sorry well you got it i mean we did star wars way back in season one it's one of like one of the first five episodes um you gotta admit this movie is at least paced better than than uh, star wars the original star wars i don't remember enough about star wars to even comment on pacing okay. Okay. It's, it's not my jam I, well okay I, I i don't and i i part of Part of what kind of bugged me about this movie, honestly, was that I'm I'm very much story and character driven, mm -hmm. and I like a lot of backstory mm -hmm. and you know character development and their motivations and why what makes them tick, why they do what they do. I just didn't feel really invested in any of these people. Okay. 
So I don't know if that was a flaw in, I don't think it was a flaw in the acting performances necessarily. It could have had something to do with the way they were written. I, I don't know. But my strongest reactions were um, blind mystic warrior dude. Right. And Krennic titmouse sycophant. Mm -hmm. Those were my strongest, most visceral reactions to anybody. Okay. Well, that is perfectly understandable and and fine i mean it's it's not um a a film that's trying to shine light on uh, addiction problems or abuse or you know a marriage falling apart or anything like that it's an it's an action sci-fi movie yeah um and the story is going to sac- be sacrificed some for uh, and the character development for the action and the yeah. set pieces um, that the movie has to deliver in order to keep guys like me happy interested yeah. in, in in watching um, I'm a dork and you no know, I'm a dork you're <laughs> a well-rounded adult I am not well I'm round but right. I am not well-rounded um you, I you just round you I, are, you're nice nicely round I'm very round um I you know I say I'm not in shape but then I remember a circle is a shape so oh, <laughs> or a sphere as it were as as am I like the Death Star yes a sphere a, a, a nice big round sphere I yes I am a nice big round sphere so anyway all of that to say, mm-hmm. um, I, it's not that I'm not a science fiction person. I love Star Trek in all of its incarnations. Mm-hmm. Really loved Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. So um, it's Which not, some might consider hard sci-fi. Um, I don't know. At, well, as opposed to this. Um, as opposed to... The Star Trek or Star Wars uh, universe. I, I don't know. I don't you know. I don't even know the what hard sci-fi would mean. Well, it's more concept and science based than okay. than this, which you know, there's magic and wizardry and lightsabers and yeah. and such as that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little more. For sci-fi, a little more reality-based. A, a different flavor. Yes. It's a different flavor. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen it, so. Okay. Well, and that's fine. We all are have rights to our opinions just because. Thank you for acknowledging that I have rights. Yes. Because there are so many people right now who would like to think that I don't. Yeah, um, not not you know talking about not naming names, not talking about anything specific. Just yeah. saying. Um, there are. Just see if you can hang with me on a couple of things. Okay. When and and they both happen close to each other in the movie. Uh, when the the group of rebels arrive on Jeddah. Um. And they're flying over the desert landscape, and um, they show the shadow of the ship as it goes across the ground. Mm -hmm. Not the ship, but just the shadow. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I found that particular shot, both when I first saw it in the theater and last night when we watched it on Mm -hmm. TV. I found that particular shot striking. And I don't know why, because it's a shadow against the ground that, you know, could have... It was probably created with CGI or Mm, could possibly have been a model, uh, a powered model, that they were flying over a reduced scale landscape so Mm -hmm. it would look proper. But there was just something about that shot that I just found mesmerizing. Yeah. And, and kind of beautiful. I don't You're not re- getting it, huh? I don't even remember it. <laughs> well, I'm it's so- brief. I'm it's sorry. It's maybe two seconds, maybe three seconds, but yeah. I, I feel I, like I'm so insensitive. No, 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 not at all. <clears throat> um, the other thing I found striking 
which happens later on, again on Jeddah, is when they fire the Death Star weapon and destroy the city. And the shockwave is propagating through the ground. Yeah. And it's curling up the land like it's water. That like I it's do a remember. giant wave. That was striking. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that visually was quite effective yeah. in just giving you an idea of how powerful a weapon this is. Mm-hmm. And they only used one of the reactors, which I'm saying like that actually means something. Um Instead of it at full power. No, uh, that was that was very, um, very cool effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, at least we sort of have a shared appreciation, at least for that one particular scene. Well, and you know, I I appreciate the technical expertise and and the visuals and stuff that you know that went into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can appreciate that for what it is. It mm-hmm. just, as a story, as the characters, it just it left me a little cold. Okay, all right. Well, we will uh, take a short break. We will come back and give you our um, thoughts and opinions and score on uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and also talk about what we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We are discussing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The movie was uh, quite um, a moneymaker. Uh, it had a budget, and this is an estimation, of between $200 million and $265 million. I was going to say, it, you would hope that it was a moneymaker because I, I know that it was a money coster. It did a worldwide box office of $1.056 billion. Holy dollar signs. The, uh, um, the reception by the critics and such was relatively positive. Um, let's see here. I should have looked this up before now. Uh, it had an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And it had a 65 out of 100 uh, on Metacritic with an A score uh, from the cinema score audiences who were polled on opening weekend. Okay. Um, it is believed to have had a, um, bud- a, a profit of $320 million. So that should make the Mouse House very happy in their investment. Yes, decent. Um, it, uh, I'm sorry, I'm pilfering with things over here. That's fine. Um, and again, this was supposed to be the first of... Another trilogy. Uh, uh, well, not a trilogy necessarily, but a group of standalone Star Wars films that would provide background on characters and events. Seems like I read or heard somewhere, maybe from you, I don't know, that it was that, like, the, the original three, four, five, and six... The original three movies, mm-hmm. stories four, five, and six, mm-hmm. were the first trilogy, and then they released the second trilogy, which was um, seven, eight, and nine, or one, two, and one, two, and three. One, two, and three. Which is the events prior to the events of four, five, and six. I was thinking that it was supposed to be eventually three sets of three. Yeah, and it and it is because they released seven, eight, and nine. Um, in the last seven years. Okay. Um, those movies, um, okay, I got my title mixed up. It was, uh, episode seven, which is The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. where we're introduced to a whole new set of characters, uh, but... The um, uh, Legacy 3 of Luke, Han, and Leia mm-hmm. are involved, just not a whole lot. Okay. And Luke isn't brought in until the very last second yeah. of, of that film. And uh, then there's uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. That's the second film in the 
sequel trilogy. Okay. And then there's the rise of Skywalker. I called it the last Skywalker, but it's the rise of Skywalker, which is the ninth film. Um, for some reason, everybody thinks seven is fine. Eight divides people to no end. Um, I thought it was brilliant and took the story and directions that were unexpected and interesting and other people thought it was uh, the death knell of... This is a blasphemous departure from canon. Well, pretty much. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson, who directed uh, Knives Out, mm -hmm. uh, directed that film. Okay. And he got so much internet hate from, from the fanboys yeah. that I thought it was a terrific movie. Yeah. And then The Rise of Skywalker was, let's say, poorly thought out. Okay. It kind of gave you a conclusion to the story, but it, it, it didn't really, it didn't hit with fans. Uh, of the three, it's probably the... Th the weakest. Uh, yes, definitely the weakest. But um, episode eight... Um, is definitely the most controversial. Why, I don't know. I thought it was great. But anyway. So, yeah, they've made nine, what they call the Skywalker, Skywalker Saga. Um, because, uh, of course, we had the Legacy, the four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. We have one, two, and three, which is about how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. And then we have 7, 8, and 9, which is sort of this rising again of an evil empire, um, the First Order, they're calling themselves, and how a new group of heroes has to come along and uh, save the universe. Fight the bad guys, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I wouldn't, I'm not going to ever make you watch any of the sequel or prequel it's okay. No, no, I, because I don't particularly want to see them again. Okay. Although sometimes I get an, a, a, a hankering, a hankering to watch the 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 prequel trilogy because I was not greatly in love with any of those, um, except the, the third one, just because we got to see how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Yeah. But um, and there's some discussion that you should watch four, episodes four and five, then go to episode one, two, and three. And then... Episode six. Pick up six again. And then seven, eight, and nine. Okay. That uh, is a, a suggested viewing order. But... That makes my brains hurt already. It, it does. And that it, those are all very long movies. Um, so... I can eat a sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watch them at home, you can go to the bathroom whenever you want. So Streaming is good. Yes. Okay. So, what have you been watching? Aren't we going to rate it? Oh, yeah. Uh, five stars. Rogue One gets five stars for me. What about you? Three. Three. Okay. That's, that's fine. I actually didn't expect it to be that good. No, it was, it was all right. All right. I mean, it wouldn't, it's, I'm not mad that you made me watch it. <laughs> It's, you know, I've, I've hated some stuff way more than this. Yeah. This was not, I didn't hate this. It was just, eh. It was all right. Okay. It was all right. Uh, what have you been watching? Uh, the same stuff you've been watching. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Except for that one movie that you're not going to tell me what it is. No, because um, I'm not even going to spoil except to say that I streamed a thing on Sunday while you were out doing stuff. And... It was so good that I'm holding it behind my right ear in case I want to use it for a podcast subject. All right. Because I would, as, I would, I liked it enough to want to see it again. And as I recall, when I walked in and asked you what you had been doing, you said you had watched a movie that destroyed you. Yes, as I, recall. I said I was destroyed in the very best way. Okay. I well. it just wrecked me. Okay. Well. Yay, I'm looking forward to that. 
we have uh, continued to watch the murder tapes on uh, Discovery Plus. Um, Compelling. Yeah, it is um, like uh, body cam footage and interview footage of um, people who, I mean, and, and detectives as they are trying to um, solve a murder case. Um, uh, I've been watching the first 48, which is another similar series, except this has camera crews following detectives around uh, as they work on solving a murder. Um, and you can watch both of those on Discovery Plus. Um, One of the differences differences between the two is that the first 48 covers more than one case per episode. Usually. Usually. Like you've got, you know, m murders in different cities happening and right. they jump back and forth between them. Right. Uh, sometimes if it's a particularly complicated investigation, they will just do It's all one. one. Yeah. Um, we've also been watching more of uh, Human Resources on Netflix. <laughs> okay. The thoroughly It is grown completely up, inappropriate. Filthy. Filthy. Um, hilarious. Yes. Toilet humor, sexual humor, 13-year-old locker room humor. It's yes. just, um, it's, it's, I feel it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, it's guilty for her. I'm enjoying it with absolutely no reservation. I, I, I'm just so ashamed. <laughs> um, we also watched um, the, um, we, we've been continuing to watch Columbo. Um, I, and we're coming, we're coming to the home stretch with Columbo. Yeah, we've only got five episodes it, left. It's given me sads, and I'm already freaking out, wondering what we can bond over next. Um, it, because I've, I have so much enjoyed being introduced to these with you. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I want them to continue, and I know that they can't. Yes. So um, I'm I'm wondering what's the next thing that we can do as uh, far as revisiting a nostalgia show like this. Um, and right before we started recording, we watched the first episode of the Apple Plus show, Shining Girls. Oh, Elizabeth Moss is just a marvel. I love her in everything she does, and this thing is going to be creepy and twisty and good, I can already tell. Yeah, in it, she plays a young woman that works in um, at a newspaper. The Chicago Sun-Times. She's collecting uh, old articles that uh, reporters would use as research for new articles. Mm -hmm. um, and she has a painful past as she was attacked six years earlier by a guy who cut uh, her up with a knife, uh, but she survived. But there's something weird going on. Um, her reality changes just out of the blue. Sound Very like much like the first episode of Moon Knight, where the guy was like, he'd yeah. wake up someplace different and not know where he was, or yeah. not know when he was, or, yeah. It's not like there's a flash of light, or the room spins or anything. She just goes home, and she puts her key in the lock, and, and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work, and that's because she now lives a floor above. Uh, sometimes she comes home, and she has a cat. Sometimes she comes home, she has a dog. Um, her um, at one point, she's being examined by a medical a examiner, medical examiner um, because of the nature of her scars from when she was attacked, and they want to compare them to the wounds on a new victim. Mm -hmm. And uh, the it's a woman who's examining her when it starts, but then she sort of zones out for a second, and then when she starts to pay attention again... It's a man the examining doctor's a her. man, and she freaks, and she freaks out, out because she's like, where's Iris? Where's Iris? And um, sometimes she lives with her mother, and sometimes she lives with her boyfriend, who she didn't know was her boyfriend until she walked into the apartment. On the third floor, on which the third floor she thought she was still floor. on the second floor. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be twisty and trippy and good. She keeps track of her environment in a notebook, writing down, you know, 
uh, about her Godzilla cup. <laughs> Grendel is now my cat. Yes. Um, or Grendel is now my dog. Yeah. Uh, so she she realizes something weird is happening. Uh, she doesn't know why, and she probably doesn't know why it's happening yeah. or what what causes what the trigger the, is the events to change. And I think it's got something to do with when the killer has some surge of emotion or when he's in the act of killing. I thought that too, and I look forward to seeing whether we get confirmation on that or if it's another situation entirely. Yes. Uh, that is Shining Girls, and it is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, the first three episodes are available now. And you will be able to watch episode four on May 6th. Also, we've been watching uh, Picard yeah. um, on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, the final episode of that is coming up this week. I see a cliffhanger coming because, they, I mean, they're going to have to jam, cram, pack a lot of stuff in to put any kind of bow on, on this season. And there was uh, an article I read that talked about how they have just completely rewritten the 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 timeline because if um, if the board queen goes and does her thing like she flew off to do yeah then that will change the nature of the Borg yeah in Picard's future mm-hmm. may change the way that uh, the Voyager crew interacts with them when yeah. they're in the Delta Quadrant. Um, yeah, so that's gonna, that could monkey with everything. Could really mess up the timeline. Yes. So, um, and while I'm thinking about it, you want to, you do still want to go see um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Oh, I think so. Okay. We are probably going to have to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. For that to make sense. For, for that to make sense. Okay. And I will have to explain the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, at least very vaguely, or, you know, at least give you the very highest points. And can't we just watch them both? Well, you know, it's five hours of movie. So? Um, well, all right. I have no life. I have no plans. <laughs> if if you want Hook to... Hook me up, dude. We've to, got a weekend. Try to invest in that. That's fine. Um, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, works for me. More indoctrination, um, initiation, I should say, into the hashtag MCU, MCU. which, you know, it's it's not complete yet. So And let's not ignore the fact that Spider-Man's movie rights are owned by Sony. So that is Sony's Spider-Verse that they allow Marvel to use, to use, or to Disney to use in their Marvel movies. Yeah. But it, it, it is a thing that exists all on its own. Yeah. So. All right. All that being said. All that being said. Um, one more quick little thing. Okay, we are in the home, home stretch of the final season of This Is Us, and y'all, oh my gosh. Um... If you have not watched this show, do yourself a favor, stream it all on Hulu, start at the very beginning and catch up, and um, you will not be disappointed if you like um, if you like anything in the universe that is good. Okay. And starting next week, we will be getting Star Trek Strange New Worlds which is Captain Pike's time on board the Enterprise. Love Anson Mount, so looking forward to this. So yeah, it, it, it it's it's a good time if you know between the various Trek shows and uh, the Star Wars and Marvel shows on Disney Plus um, and you know if you're interested in video games, you've got the Halo series on Paramount Plus, um, and you've got you know the various DC properties on HBO Max. It's a good time to be interested in genre stuff. 
Good. So enjoy it while it lasts because eventually these movies are going to quit making money and they'll quit making them. Yeah. And then we'll have to suffer through yet another drought. Of course, I expect to be dead by then. So. Oh. Well, you'll be dead too. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this edition of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We, uh, as always, appreciate you uh, listening, downloading, following, uh, subscribing, uh, giving us five stars, giving us a review on whatever podcast app you happen to use. It helps us the most if you do that on Apple Podcasts, and you can also uh, give us five stars on Spotify as well. So, um, now I've noticed a lot of, uh, I've noticed more use of just the Anchor website for listening Interesting. to, to us. Um, also, uh, Amazon Music, where they also have podcasts. You can listen to us through there. Not mad about it at all. There is literally... Dozens, I'm going to guess, of places where you can find us uh, to download, subscribe, rate, and review, and all that good stuff. Any place where podcasts are sold. Exactly. We're, we're, and we're free. Yeah. Uh, which we probably always will be. No more people than we have listening. So, yay yep. for you. Quit it. It's a bargain. Um, please, if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can send that to us via email. Uh, send us uh, the name of what it is you want us to watch, why you think we should watch it, and where we can find it. Send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also send that information to us via the voice message link in the description of this episode. As always, it's been a joy. Oh, you're sweet. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, Maude's selection, which she either does not know or just won't tell me. Either way. Either way. So, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. I'm Stan the Movie Man. She's Maude the Movie Broad. Uh, and until next time, love you. Love you. And later. later. Yay!